Welcome to On The Ledge Hod- On The Ledge Podcast. No, that's a building podcast, surely. It's On The Ledge Podcast. It's about houseplants. What more can I say? In this week's show, we're going off the ledge and into the greenhouse. I find out all about how to plan and set up your very first planty place under glass. Once you've been growing plants for a while, inevitably your mind turns to the possibility of finding more space for your collection. And if you're lucky enough to have any outdoor space, that might well involve a greenhouse. Now, in episode 166, I took a look at IKEA greenhouse cabinets, greenhouses that you can have inside. But in this week's show, I'm taking a look at outdoor greenhouses with Two people who are pretty well versed in how these work. Finding out all kinds of essential stuff like how to choose a greenhouse, where to put it, how to get it set up and how it differs from growing indoors, which let me tell you is quite a lot. And guest number one is Raphael Delallo. Raphael Delallo has been on the show a few times now. I'd probably class him as a regular guest. He is behind Ohio Tropics, the popular houseplant account and the author of houseplant book Houseplant Warrior. And in the last year, Raphael has joined the ranks of greenhouse owners. So I got him on the line to find out more about his own setup and to highlight some of the potential pitfalls. Hi, I'm Rafael Delalo. I'm the founder of Ohio Tropics. And my background's in engineering, but I quit my corporate job last year to focus on my blog, ohiotropics.com, full-time. So that's what I do for a living now. What a wonderful life that must be. And I guess an engineering background might be quite handy when it comes to starting a greenhouse. It it is. <laughs> Although my background was in chemical engineering, but Oh, okay. <laughs> I would imagine that you've got more skills than I have when it comes to sort of physically putting things together, understanding how systems work together, the kind of things that are useful to know when you're putting up a glass house. Sure. Why did was it in the first place that you decided to add a glass house to your kind of growing setup. I'm sure you've got tons of houseplants inside. Why did you want a glass house as well? I've always wanted, I've always been obsessed with greenhouses since I was a little kid. I just always thought they were at the, (laughs) at the expense of sounding a little cheesy. They're kind of magical. You know, when you step in a glass house or conservatory or, you know, botanical garden glass house, there's something magical about it. So I've always been intrigued and have always wanted one. And my dream finally came true this year. I actually moved all but one plant from my sunroom to my greenhouse. And then the the rest of the house plants are where where they are in the house. So I shouldn't say I don't have that many inside the house, but it's it's greatly reduced. (laughs) And does that feel good to have 
done that. It does because where I'm sitting right now, it's, you know, I have my desk and I can step in and not have to trip over anything. So it's pretty great. And I have the masses of plants now inside of the greenhouse. And I'm, um, you, you know, you can fill those things shockingly fast. So now I'm looking at ways to optimize the space, which, you know, it's, it's a very great, uh, steep learning learning curve to have a greenhouse but it's it's also very fun yeah i've heard other people say the same that it is a steep learning curve what are the things that sort of surprised you the curveballs you experienced when you're first putting your plants into that new space and the considerations that you're facing as you probably know indoors you know we often struggle with low humidity so we're adding humidifiers and you know doing all these things to try and increase the humidity of our, our indoor air inside of our homes, especially in the wintertime, you know, if, if we're running forced air heat. So in the greenhouse, I actually have the opposite problem. And I don't know if this is a common thing, but I I have the opposite problem where the humidity is too high. <laughs> so I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn how, you know, how to manage that. And, you know, m- my humidity in there is in routinely in the 90s and i you know i even resorted and this is a little bit unorthodox i don't know of anybody that does this but i actually put a dehumidifier in there (laughs) um to to help manage that but i you know i've i've run into some issues with mold and you know so I'm, i'm trying to find ways to manage the 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 humidity in there so that's probably the the biggest challenge that that I've had so far. I just have to put in a little bit more more effort to try and control that. So when you're choosing your glass house, I always think that you probably (laughs) sort of think about dimensions and you think, gosh, that sounds huge. And then when you actually get it in there, you kind of think, oh, I could have gone a few feet (laughs) longer and bigger, right? Because it's never big enough. That was my main takeaway. Um, What size did you go for? So mine is, um, it's 12 by 24 feet. Oh, that's a decent size then. And when it comes to the the materials here in the UK, I don't know if it's the same where you are, but there's choice between, you know, metal frames, wooden frames, plastic frames. It's a bit of a minefield, it seems. So I use the company that's local here, and they're actually about only about 45 minutes from where I live. And I was able to go and visit them as they built my greenhouse. So the frame itself is um, is aluminum. It's an aluminum frame. And I had a powder coated to a dark bronze to match our, our decor <laughs> in, our, in our garden. I decided to do the long end of the greenhouse, the 24-foot front in glass because we have a pool in our backyard in our garden and i wanted it to look nice and then the rest of it the the two short sidewalls the long back sidewall as well as the roof i chose triple wall polycarbonate for energy efficiency now of course you know more of the heat will escape through the glass because it is a a, a single pane glass it's a little bit thicker though um but i'm the next project that I have soon is insulating. I'm going to insulate the inside of that glass just for the winter time in order to, you know, keep the heating costs down. Yeah, that must be a factor. What temperature are you keeping it to in there? I'm trying to decide. It's it's changing. <laughs> it, it it keeps creeping up on me a little bit. 
So it hasn't gotten, well, we, we've gotten some pretty cold nights lately, but now it's it's a little bit more mild. Right now, I think I have it set on 65. Now, you know, when it's Fahrenheit, 65 to 70 Fahrenheit. Now, when it gets colder, we'll see how, you know, what my heating bill looks like and what the temperatures look like too. But of course, it all depends on, you know, how much sun is is out during the day too and, um, you know, multiple other factors. But as of now, I think I have it set around 65 Fahrenheit. Oh, it's it's about 18 centigrade, I think. Yes, um, from you're memory. I think. <laughs> so that's quite, I mean, that's quite warm. I think you could probably, depends what you're growing, but I guess you could probably go at least maybe one or two degrees more cooler. But then if you've got a lot of humidity, that might make your humidity problems worse, I guess. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to, um, t- you know, to find a balance. And it is actually, it, the, the heater is actually helping to to get the humidity a little bit down. Um, so it's a little bit less than it used to be now versus, you know, the summertime. The other major factor that I suspect comes into play with a lot of glass houses, maybe not yours, I don't know, depending on where it is in your garden, but is light and just the fact that light levels are so much higher. How how has that been for you? So the light levels have, um, they've actually been pretty good. And the, the reason, and by good, I mean not too strong because I used, like I mentioned, I used triple wall polycarbonate, uh, mainly for heating purposes, but it also, you know, triple wall polycarbonate will let through less light than double wall polycarbonate and much less light than glass um, because the polycarbonate will help diffuse the light. So um, it, so that actually, that actually is fine. I haven't had any issues at all. Um, you know, with anything burning. And I, I grow mostly, uh, most a lot of different aeroids. I, I grow a variety of different orchids and bromeliads. I, I have quite a mix in there. And everything is, and you know, a bunch of Hoyas, a, a lot of different things. And everything has been fine. And in fact, <laughs> um, as, as we speak today, I should be getting in some um, additional lighting. I actually ordered some full spectrum LED lighting to to install in the greenhouse and this is mainly you know for the winter time because you know probably like you in, in, in the uk we get short dark days here in the winter time that are pr- pretty dreary so um i'll be using those um, that additional lighting throughout the winter time you know at least until you know springtime comes and the days start to get longer again it depends on so many different factors as to whether the light's going to be too strong. I know I've fallen foul of the light in my greenhouse, you know, taking cacti out there in the spring that have been inside and just not realizing that the the, the transition was too harsh. Yeah, <laughs> It wasn't that the light was too strong ultimately, but the plant just wasn't ready for it. Yeah, the acclimation, you have to acclimate them a little, little bit slower. Have you had any plants that really haven't liked the change? It might sound a little a little weird, but I mentioned earlier that I I've had some issues a little some issues with mold. So I've actually noticed some mold growing on the foliage, and so I've been wiping it off. Um, I have a Hoya um, obovata, which which I've had to wipe off. You know the mold, um, and even on some of the big. Um, I have a, a large philodendron giganteum in there that I've been wiping off in an alocasia. 
Um, most most of the it's interesting though because it didn't happen on most of the plants, just certain ones. So I'm, it's kind of curious. That's probably one of the bigger issues, along with you know the, the well that goes hand in hand with the humidity. I think overall, I mean, all the plants are thrilled to be in there. <laughs> um, but like you said, you know, ironically, people sometimes think, oh, you have a greenhouse, you know, everything's going to thrive in there. And yes, you know, to some extent, but there's also some problems that that you have to be aware of. And it's it's not just automatic, you know, and in some cases, some issues can get worse. Actually, um, you know, just going back to what you mentioned about the light, you know, since I used a triple wall polycarbonate, it's actually not enough light for really sun loving plants. So I actually don't have many plants, if at all, that really need full sun in order to look their best, um, just because of that. And I'm I'm good with that, because, you know, there's there's so many different plants that I can grow in there. Um, but I can also add, you know, additional lighting too. So th- there's, of course, a way to get around it. Well, as you say, one glass house is probably not going to be ideal for a whole spectrum of houseplants just because, you know, their needs are so different. Uh, as you say, you've got to kind of cut your cloth. Um, and I guess there's ways of sort of making different zones in there. You know, the old classic being kind of things that love shade going under the bench and so on on the floor. How are you maximizing space, though? I know you said you're already struggling for space. I, I've done a few things and I, I think I need to go more vertical. When I ordered the greenhouse, so they also this company also custom makes benches and, you know, some other things. So. I ordered three benches that are three by eight feet. So I have two two of those flanking the doorway when you walk in. And then on the back end of the greenhouse, I only have one bench on the one side. And then on the other side, I have um, I created a living wall. Well, a climbing wall, I should say. Um, and then I have a sink with a little potting bench um, area right next to it. So... On those three benches, I I just went out and purchased at a local store um, uh, some shelves, you know, to, to just put to the back of the shelf so I can put plants up there. Um, and then, you know, the rest of the plants flat, you know, right on the bench. So that's one thing. I may do more of that, um, keep going up vertically. Um, I one of my friends gave me a really interesting idea and I got excited and I, you know, went on Amazon and ordered them right away. And because I, I, I had quite a few plants hanging, but then he said, why don't you get some display grids? And I didn't really know what those were until I, until I looked them up. So they're basically, you know, it's, it's a big rectangle um, of powder coated metal with, and it has squares on it. So what I did was I just inserted those through the middle of the greenhouse um, near the roof because there's a bunch of horizontal bars. And so I did that through the whole middle of the greenhouse. And then I used zip ties to secure them to the bars, to the to the aluminum frame of the greenhouse. And that way I can hang a lot more plants. Um, so So that created more area for me to hang plants. And then I also took two of those and I hung them on the sidewall. And so I started to place, I have some mounted Talantias and some miniature mounted orchids. And so I'm hanging those vertically as well. So, you know, 
we have the benefit of maximizing our vertical space, space as well as hanging space in the greenhouse. So it's it's almost like playing plant Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those sound really clever as an idea for, for making more room and having stuff hanging. As long as you can sort of access things easily to maintain, I suppose. Exactly. And, you know, that's a huge thing. I mean, humans as a whole are, you know, we're lazy. And so if something is inconvenient, we're not going to do it. So I, I try to make things as easy as possible and, you know, one, another thing that I did was, you know, to try and make things easier is um, I, so the sink that I have that I've had installed in there, I, I got a little adapter for, um, for the faucet and I connected a hose and I initially used a garden hose, but then, you know, I, I kept tripping over it and it just became too clunky. So then I removed that and I got one of those expandable hoses so, you know, when you fill it with water, it it expands. And then when you're done, you know, you get all the water out and then it's just, it, it's kind of funny because it looks like a snake. It's kind of creepy actually when you, <laughs> when you turn the faucet on, but then when you, when you take all the water out of it, then it, it, it just deflates. And then, you know, I tuck it in right under the sink. So that's been a great space saver. And, you know, it's much easier to just walk around with that. And I put a little faucet, um, a spray um, nozzle, I should say at the end of it so I can reach the hanging plants much more easily rather than getting a ladder. But I have, you know, I have a, a medium sized ladder and then I have a step stool in there if, if I need to, to reach up a little bit higher. So anything that makes, you know, your life easier in a greenhouse is more, it, it's, it's very important. If you could go back in time now and restart this greenhouse experiment, is there anything you would do differently? The one thing that I, I regret is, um, and and I knew this. I I you know I, I knew this coming into it. But the doors, I love the doors that I chose. So I chose six foot wide um, doors um, that they're actually commercial doors, double doors, and I chose that just because the greenhouse is so long. I felt like a single you know three foot wide door, you know, short, a little bit under a meter wide would look a little weird just because a greenhouse is so long. So that's why I chose the double doors that were wider. It, it, it's more to scale. But unfortunately, those didn't come with any kind of uh, screen. So in the summertime, I can't have, you know, I can't open the doors or, you know, slide a part of it open. So then I just have a screen to let fresh air in. And I think, uh, you know, obviously that would help control the humidity levels, at least in the summertime, you know, when when the temperatures are are warm outside. I guess there's always going to be something like that that you only realise with the benefit of hindsight. <laughs> right, exactly. Is this going to mean, though, that all the spaces that were filled with plants in your sunroom end up getting repopulated by new plants? That's well, the risk, <laughs> is it not? It is a risk, yes. And, you know, I, I constantly fight that. And... It's actually nice. There's a lot of room. And I have a few plants in here now, but I, I just don't want to I don't want to let it get to the point where, you know, there's too many on the floor and it's, you know, it's a delicate balance. You know, I might hang some more actually, um, so that they're off the floor. But but yeah, that's always a risk, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the risk is real, but as you say, you've got to be strong. And it may it may be that 
as things settle down that you realise that there's maybe one or two plants that are better off inside, if, particularly if you need to drop that temperature a bit, if your power bill turns out to be really horrendous, I guess. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I, yes. I don't know if you're having the same kind of fuel crisis that we are here, but I know a lot of people are really struggling with their greenhouse heating at the moment for that reason. What kind of I'm heating sure, are you yeah. using? So I, I, we do have natural gas heating. And so we have, like I mentioned, we have a pool and so there's a little a little pool house um, in in our garden as well. So they ran the natural gas from there to to the greenhouse. And so that's part of the re- initially I was going to have the greenhouse all the way in the back of the property behind the garden. And I'm really glad I didn't do that because it was already a pain to run the utilities. And you know the location of the greenhouse is pretty important and and really affects energy efficiency. You know whether you have a lean-to greenhouse that's attached to your house is probably most efficient. But in that case, it actually, you know, th- there's one draw drawback to that is that, you know, the part that's against your house, you know, there's no light coming in through there. So with a standalone greenhouse like I have, you know, you get light from all the directions too. So there, there's pros and cons. I'm delighted to hear that it's all working out with the greenhouse. And hopefully you've inspired some listeners to think about embarking on this new adventure of a greenhouse it's it's a challenge it's a pleasure i imagine it's occasionally stressful but yes <laughs> this is what we all sign up for <laughs> that's right <laughs> well like my my greenhouse which is about oh gosh about 12 years old now is the roof has been leaking for a while it's still leaking so that's my job that's what you get down the line is the maintenance issues but yes (laughs) (laughs) not looking forward to those yeah i'll be down there with some sealant at some point over the next few weeks but uh yeah that that is the thing it's it's a constant place to hang out and a constant joy as well so thanks so much Raphael. thank you Thanks so much to Raphael. And if you want to see some images of his greenhouse, check out the show notes at janeperone.com, where you'll also find links to details about Raphael's social media, blog, and his book, Houseplant Warrior. Possibly my favourite greenhouse in the world is located at the headquarters of the charity Garden Organic situated near Coventry in the UK. So I wanted to take you to this glass house and find out a little bit more about the practicalities of running a glass house to extend your growing season and possibly grow something you can eat too. Hi, I'm Emma O'Neill and I'm the head gardener here at Garden Organic based in Brighton on Dunsmore. It's lovely to be back at Garden Organic. I've been coming here for many years and I haven't been in the last few years and I know this Alatex greenhouse really well because I always make a beeline for this particular greenhouse because it kind of is the greenhouse of my dreams. Like, you know, when I make it as a millionaire, I'm going to have this green, this huge Alatex greenhouse. It's magnificent. But we're here to talk about greenhouses because I know lots of my listeners dream of having one or perhaps have invested in one probably not quite as gorgeous (laughs) and large as this one but I think it's one of those things that if you've been growing houseplants inside or possibly you know doing gardening outside you have to sort of adjust to the world of greenhouse growing so 
there's a lot of queries that come up. I guess the first one is to do with selection of that greenhouse and where you're going to put it. Uh, I guess the instinct is to think I want to maximise sunlight, so I'm going to put it right south facing. But is that the right? What's the best approach with that aspect? I don't think so. I, I think it's better to have a balance really so I would always say sort of sun part shade what what you'll find if you put it completely south facing is you're going to spend a lot of time during the summer having to shade it so mm-hmm. and unless you can afford posh roller blinds on them you're then going to have to spend a lot of time with the shading on and that causes its own problems especially if you've got a glass house of height so then you're going to need ladders and of course you are then also going to have to take that off at a later date so it's best to have some sort of shade um but you need to site it in the right place really so have a look at your aspect obviously it depends on how much space you've got in your garden as well i would always say to get as big as you can but make sure you are going to utilise it. And it's so common to see people putting greenhouses up on, uh, you know, the various second-hand selling sites, and you think, yes. oh, yeah, that would be great, but, you know, do you need that massive glass house? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> attractive, though, it may be to get a free one. Um, it's a lot of work. There are a lot of work to put together. So you they do- are, and, and they maintain. are quite a lot of maintenance, because, mm. really, you do need to clean them every year. I mean, mm-hmm. I now have a professional cleaner, come because ours is so tall and actually it is a bit of a health and safety nightmare to try and go up on <laughs> a ladder so he comes with one of those you know steam cleaners in a, a van and does it and we have to have it and it takes all day wow, to clean yeah. it but you are always going to have sort of you can see and this is how there's like moss growing in and you will have pests hiding in crevices so it's like anything particularly when you're organic Mm-hmm. You need good maintenance and good hygiene. So yeah. don't go too big and then it become an onerous task. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. And I, I, as you're, you say, you've got to keep that glass clean apart from anything else because you're letting maximum light, light in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah it, that is a factor. How long is this glass house we're in now? It must be, I, I'm going to guess it's... Um, oh, I'm not very good at distances. No, nor am I. Um, I would say... Te- Whoa. Ten meters? Is that ten meters? Does that sound ridiculously about, too long? Yeah, I would say so. I'd have said it was about eight, I think. Yeah, I think around that sort of size. I mean, it's an ideal size for here because it is a working glass house, mm-hmm. and being a demonstration garden, we're able to demonstrate our seed sowing and cuttings mm-hmm. and propagation, yep. and how you can set it up. And here we're quite lucky because we do have four soil beds. Mm-hmm. So that's something else you might want to consider. Yes. Some people like to have soil beds in the glass house. Some people prefer to have all hard standing. Mm. So that's another choice. Yeah. Obviously, if you can have some soil beds, that does give you an extra sort of angle to grow different things. I personally think it's easier to grow things like tomatoes if you've got a soil bed, mm. really. Yeah. And so it's a, it's an ideal space for us to be able to demonstrate... The normal things you'd expect in a greenhouse, chilies, aubergines, tomatoes, but also we grow things like Malabar spinach, loofers, gherkins. So it just gives you another sort of string to your bow, I suppose, yeah, yeah. and also it extends your season, extends your yields, 
and we can grow on one of our beds we grow some more unusual sort of flowers that won't do outside so yeah you've got these metal these lovely uh, hardcore big sturdy metal benches here i do love a bit of greenhouse benching and i've just, <laughs> just bought some for myself although it's not as nice as this um it is worth investing in this specialist greenhouse benching though because it's easy to keep clean and it is sturdy because pots are heavy, right? I mean, you've got they to be a bit careful. Heavy, but that actually is old catering oh, benches. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. So that is recycled on that side. The other side of the room are the traditional that would have come with the glass house. Yeah. But you're right, you do need to invest in something sturdy. We um, did previously try with just wooden potting benches Mm -hmm. but they don't take the weight and of course they will eventually rot Mm -hmm. and they warp so you know they get hot then they get cold (laughs) whereas these are sort of aluminium and um yeah they're much better and they're quite weighty so they can take the weight of the plants that's something to consider isn't it the effect of the temperature gradients that you get in a glass house it can be quite extreme and i know during the summer my glass house well i had to when i put shading on it in that heat wave it was amazing how much that brought the temperature down. Yes. But even so, it was still really hot in there. Um, and you've got to have stuff that can kind of take take those temperature changes. But that ventilation is really important, isn't it? I know my, my greenhouse doesn't have enough ventilation. Um, I need to change some closed windows into open yeah. windows. But, I mean, that's really one of the ties of glass houses, I think, is being there to open and shut the ventilation but probably here you've got automatic vents have you how does it yeah, work yeah so ours we're fortunate the, unfortunately the auto vent doesn't work as such but we can flip a switch to put it on and off so it's far easier yeah um we always leave the doors open all summer regardless of the temperature obviously to increase the mm-hmm. airflow particularly when you've got a lot of plants in here but you do need ventilation it's key so if you can have more at least spaces where you can open the window, whether that's the roof or the side. Here you see we can open the roof and both sides, so we can get quite a decent Mm. airflow through. Because I think one of the trickiest things with glass houses is pests and diseases, particularly when you're organic. Yeah, it's a lot harder. <laughs> How, what's your What's your plan of action with pests and diseases in here? Do you use a lot of biological controls? <clears throat> Mainly biological control. Obviously, we try and dampen down when it's hot to increase the humidity. We do try to keep good airflow in. Um, we try to be as vigilant as possible, so that as soon as we spot something, we can act quickly. Um, because particularly something like red spider mite. To be honest, once you've got that, the biological control is really going to struggle Mm. because it's just so rapid. So it's about prevention as much as anything. And also trying to grow things that you know perhaps are less susceptible to those types of things, really. Mm. Yeah, that is the battle. And, you know, if you go away for a few days and come back... Everything could have happened while yes. you've been away and it's all been going on and you've you've missed the yeah, opportunity. Yeah, you've missed the boat. Yeah, yeah. It, that is the tie of having a glass house. Um, but again, it's such a wonderful thing to, on a winter's day or an autumn day, when it's chilly outside and you just come in and that warm, delicious smell of a glass house is a very precious thing. The other thing I always love about glass houses is an extra water bar. Do you collect water off this roof or have you got enough water being collected elsewhere? No, we're, this one has an internal water bus. Oh, right. In here. 
<coughs> and it's attached. We have a pump, so then you might be able to see there's a pipe there, mm-hmm. and so I can use that recycled rainwater. And funnily enough, we've already spoken to... I have a great maintenance guy here, and he's actually going to attach one outside as well because... The butt that's in here is actually quite small, mm-hmm. and I think we can be collecting so much more. But we have water butts dotted about everywhere, so we have a canopy for seating, and there's one on there. I think there's four on the shed, so they're all over the place. They're <laughs> so, so worthwhile having. I just yeah. put another one in my garden, and it's just the uh, just realizing, oh my gosh, I've got all this water, and yeah. if I'd have had that earlier in the summer, I probably wouldn't have run out like I did. So they are an outlay, but. It's worth doing, isn't it? Putting up that yeah, guttering. Yeah, and we often say, though, it, you know, I mean, if you if you can't afford to have the guttering, and even if you've got a, a big bucket or an old <laughs> dustbin, yes, anything yeah. will help, really. Yeah, exactly. It, it the the benefits are enormous, yes. and uh, rainwater is a great thing. I'm getting hot in here. I'm wearing a jumper for some crazy reason, <laughs> demonstrating the warm. fact that it does get warm in here. And just going back to the point about plants around the glass house, you've got you know you've got hedges here. You've got I think that's a grapevine um, yeah. pergola there. I, I think that's so important too, and that does help to bring down the temperature um, significantly, rather than it being kind of like a standing out and then an empty landscape around it. Well, it isn't a conservatory. I think that's Mm -hmm. what you need to remember. It's not a conservatory. Hopefully, it's somewhere that you're going to be working in at times. And so you want to be surrounded. Plus, aesthetically, it's so much more pleasing to be surrounded by the rest of the garden. But that also is important when you come into situating it. Make sure you know what's around it. For example, you don't want to stick it under a tree. Because what has happened, we had a tunnel that was under a tree. Mm. And you can imagine it just gets plastered in the autumn with leaves. It's so difficult to clean. And you don't want to clog up your guttering. Yeah, that's a really good point. Although, that said, I did see somebody on Twitter in the heatwave that was putting... Maybe it was like conifer branches or something that they had from some pruning something. And they were using that as shade on as top shading. of it. And I thought, well, yeah. that's actually not a bad idea because it wasn't something that was going to drop a lot of leaves in the short term. No, with the needles. But better. it mm. was just, and it did provide brilliant shade. So I thought that was a kind of the kind of inventiveness that you get from organic gardeners who are like, I refuse to buy anything. Yes. I'm just going to find something I can use. <laughs> I've said it before, I'll say it again. Check out the show notes where you'll also see more details about the charity Garden Organic and how you can go and visit that glass house that I love. Thanks so much to Emma. And that was a shortened version of a longer interview that I conducted with Emma. And if you're a Patreon subscriber at the Legend or Superfan level, you can go and listen to that in an extra leaf now. Link in the show notes. Before I go, a soup song of housekeeping. Thank you to my new patrons this week. Mara and Brianna both became legends. And if you are outside the UK, I'm crossing everything. I've posted off all of the cards for non-UK listeners and patrons now at the Legend and Superfan level. So please let me know when your card arrives if you may not have heard but we've been having lots of postal strikes here so i'm crossing everything that your card reaches you in good time so if you are 
outside the UK, please give me a shout as soon as you get your card. I'd love to know it's arrived safely. UK people, yours will be being sent out on Monday at the latest. So you too should get your cards before Christmas. Please, praying to the gods of post, that happens. That is all for this week's show. I do hope that you are having a tolerable week maybe even a good week let's let's hope for a good week or maybe next week will be good but whatever you're doing i hope you're finding time to enjoy your plants to their fullest bye the music you heard in this episode was roll jordan roll by the joy drops the road we used to travel when we were kids by komiku and whistle by benjamin banger All tracks are licensed under Creative Commons. Visit the show notes for details.